And we're back. Are you aware? How much you complicate me? Are you aware? I actually forget the next line. Yeah, it's not a problem. Talking behind your back to me, friend. No. Uh, <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Yeah. What was the first... I'm thinking how to word this. When it comes to, like, the first time you questioned whether that being politics, your own politics, your own faith. Mm-hmm. What was that first moment? Like, what was it? Was it like a, was it a movie? Was it a song? That's a really good question. It's probably in the, somewhat in your youth. Because I know where mine was. But I'm curious to, win, to know when yours was. Because if I remember correctly, we don't have to go mm-hmm. into your religion too much if you yeah. don't want. I remember, since those of you who don't know me have been too well, we've known each other since 2006. Very close since. But I remember specifically eighth grade, mm-hmm. uh, you have like gone, you like went atheist for like a time, <laughs> yeah. for a time being. I like to think that I was never like a full bore atheist, but I definitely went like, yeah. you know, the God thing as we understand it is bullshit. You know, yeah. like, I, I don't know that I ever went as far as to say, like, there is nothing that created anything. And this is all just random, and when we die, we go nowhere. But I definitely had a phase of, like, pretty deep uh, agnosticism, I suppose. Because I, I knew we were... on atheism. The movie we'll talk about later. I knew we were going to watch it. I was thinking about this today at work. It, just the random memories of, like, me and our friend Evan, like, trying to bring you back to, like, Christianity. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm, I'm just curious, like, as, like, a 13, 14-year-old, like, what got you to that place? You know, that's a, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. Um, I wish I had a answer, honestly, like, quickly, but I'm, I'm really thinking about it. And it, it, as I recall it, it more just feels like a process than it felt like, like a moment. Yeah. I'm sure there was a kind of a moment or a series of moments that started that process but it's honestly really difficult to say i think that i i don't know i th- I think i just even as a kid like a young kid i would go to you know maybe sunday school or something and, and pretty I, w- I would go to church pretty regularly at least as far as i can remember and then at some point we just kind of stopped um i don't really know why i can't really remember when but it was when i was a kid you know probably close to 10 or something um, and I never really minded one way or another that we stopped. You know, it was never something I like look forward to, or looked forward to. And because we weren't going, I n- just none of that was being. I was still aware of it as much as a ten or eleven year old could be, but um, but it just wasn't anything I was like hearing every week. So I didn't. And, and neither of my parents were like particularly. If anything, I would say they're more religious now than they were. You know, not to say they were like anti-religious, but it was just kind of a. It was just like a thing that wasn't talked about. I don't know. It wasn't talked like badly about either. It was just, it was just a topic that we didn't do anything with really, and it's hard to say exactly why that was the case. But I think that because of that, I just, I was like, uh, and that's why I say I don't think atheism was the right word for where I was. It was like I was just like religiously homeless, you know. It's like whatever was in me that wanted a. a some kind of religion or faith to, to latch on to just hadn't really found it yet and like I remember 
I wish I could remember how old I was, but I was I was a kid going into teenage years around then. Um, but I picked up the Left Behind books for the first time. And I do remember that kind of giving me a little brief transformation and kind of guiding me a little more towards uh, maybe traditional Christianity. Shout out Tim LaHaye, Jerry B. Jenkins. We'll put, we'll put their Instagram <laughs> handles in the uh, video. Shout out uh, Rayford Steele. Yeah, and uh, H- Hattie Durham. That sounds right. Yeah? Yeah, something like that. Ooh. And, uh, pulling that out of my Buck, ass. Buck something. Buck Roger. No, wait, that's a... <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing. Bucky. Nah. You know, it's Buck Barnes. something, though. No, the yeah. Bruce Barnes. That was the was he a guy that was too? the black guy. Well, he was yeah. black in my head. <laughs> I think he was black. Yeah. <laughs> Quick fact check. Um, no, yeah, I, I man, I couldn't really even tell you much about Left Behind at this point, but I do remember really, really enjoying the books when I was a kid. Yeah. And Same. Um, it, it it definitely awoke something in me. Um, that like there was a phase, and I don't know, maybe it was like a year, maybe it was a little longer. I, again, but that that far back is hazy at best. Right. Um, but some amount of time, I was kind of regularly reading the Bible before bed. Like not a lot of it, but I would sit down for maybe like fifteen minutes and just kind of get through what I could. Um, and there was even a time where like I, you know, this is probably not that big of a deal to a lot of people, but like. I would say I was maybe like 15 or 16 when I decided to commit the Lord's Prayer to memory. Before then, I couldn't have told you what it was. But I was I was just reading like the New Testament, and I got to it. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was like in the Bible. I, for some reason, I thought it was just like a thing that someone wrote. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then I see it in the Bible, and I'm like, that's kind of neat. Um, so then I just started doing that. Again, that was maybe for like a year or two. Um, well, well, Ben, I... I don't know. Maybe atheist wasn't the right word to just throw at you, but mm-hmm. it's more. I'm more paying. Okay, thinking back on this today, it was like more of a compliment that you. Maybe not came to a conclusion because life is a process. Faith yeah. is a process. But to really get at that point quickly in your youth, yeah. at 13, 14. I'm sure some kids do, but me, I was like a decade late. Yeah. Well, not late. It was on time for me. Yeah, exactly. But compared, you know, I was 10 years away from, and it was a gradual decline of like, yeah. or maybe not a decline. It was, it was well, an incline. I could yeah. not think of the opposite. <laughs> yeah. You know, a D decline. <laughs> the reverse decline. If you flipped a decline upside a, a, down. A declination of independence. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it was a gradual thing for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think it should be, you know? Well, yeah, and... As a kid, now you, you bring up the Lord's Prayer. I, I was thinking about this not too long ago uh, as well. I, I went to church like three or four times a week. Sunday Sunday morning, we had Sunday school. Then you go to your church service. Go to Grandma's house, watch some NASCAR, watch Peyton Manning beat up on the Texans yeah. per use. Yep. Hell yeah. And we would go to Sunday, Sunday uh, we would go to church Sunday night as well. And then Wednesdays. Wednesdays were cool. Yeah. Grandma cooked for the entire church. Well, she had helpers too, but it was just, it was bomb. Like, yeah. But my whole life, I just never paid attention to, like, memorizing Bible verses. Yeah. I still don't know the Lord's Prayer, and I'm at church that much. Yeah. Like, I just, it never stuck with me. Um, nor did I really, it, nothing ever, none of that ever gravitated. Yeah. At, at all. And shout out Mary Davidson, R.I.P. She was my, uh, <laughs> she was like an 89-year-old Sunday school teacher. Oh, very, man. very strict. But okay. one of my funniest memories... Um, me and my cousin Johnny, we grew up in the same church. She called on me to, to, to for a prayer to 
she gave us like prayers to memorize, uh-huh. and I like, I got nervous. And I, as, I know, as soon as I stood up, I just let out the most awkward fart of my oh life. Oh, my God. This is probably fourth or fifth grade. And I, I didn't try to fart to be funny. I was just nervous, and I stood up too quick. Jeez. You know how I stand up too quick sometimes, and I'll fart? <laughs> or you know how you'll talk to me generally, and I'll just have to go poop? Yep, yep, yep. My butt is interesting. <laughs> and this is getting a off track. It's very, no, we are but it's, right fart, track. it's fart related. My, one of my other favorite memories of church, again, with with my cousin Johnny, he can attest to this. Um, you know, uh, I don't know about the churches you went to, but ours we had like classical wooden pews. Mm-hmm. Um, and as like children's church was getting out, uh, it was just kind of me and Johnny and maybe like one other kid, maybe the teacher in there. And I just let out a huge fart. This one's on. This one was on purpose, and it just went. <laughs> to this day, it's known as the dolphin fart. Oh my! God. Between me and my cousin. And so most of what I'm getting at is most of my biblical memories just involve me farting. Yeah, as, <laughs> as it should. As most of my memories. <laughs> I mean, you can think. That, that should be like your memoir. Just like the fart. The shard. Yeah, there you go. The, the famous shard of 2012 <laughs> and Mills 1110. Uh, that, yeah, that will live in infamy. So got off track a little bit with the farts. But religion, <clears throat> religion for you... And I think for both of us has kind of shifted in our own different ways. Yeah. Like I'll come away from faith. I'm, I'm not trying to shit on Christianity or any religion for that matter. But that's why it's this movie I fucking loved. Like yeah. I, I saw it when it came out. Which, by the way, the movie is Soul. Hey, hey. we didn't even really do that on purpose. I, that was nice. Soul 2020s sold a you know, Disney film. Um, so I think both of our second time. Yes. I saw it when it first came out, um, maybe a day or two, because I think it was it had like a limited. This is during the COVID year, yeah. so it had like a limited release, um, and then it. Uh, but I, it was like Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah, I think it pretty, was released pretty quickly. Um, now I, I don't know how you felt about the movie the first time. I completely forgot about the cat part. Okay, hundred percent. Which I I loved it again. Like it was so it, it's fun, but seeing this again, this was like a perfect movie for me. Okay, I don't give out perfect movies to about really any any movie yeah, yeah. this one um you heard me chuckling like the whole time yeah, it's a yeah, kids definitely. it's supposed to be like a kids movie but it's not it's for everybody and i just i had i adored the film um yep. and we will get into a lot of it here in a bit but what were your immediate thoughts after your second viewing um you know i i really don't mean to bring the mood down at all it's because i do enjoy this movie a lot um i don't know that i share the like unbridled feeling of perfection you know like this is the perfect movie for me um but that isn't to say that i don't like it a lot i think i had just about the same reaction to it the second time as i did the first time which was like there's some really great moments and i appreciate a lot of the things that they do it's just for me personally it, it felt like it felt like there should have been like one more course to the meal and we there was just something missing like everything that they served was great it just felt like there was one more piece that i wasn't getting and and we can maybe try to dig into that a little more as we go into the movie in detail, but I think that part of it was less even the movie's fault, and it was just more me coming into it with some degree of... Expectation's not even a fair word, because it, it's like an expectation of how I feel about death, and it's unreasonable for me to expect a movie 
to depict everything I believe. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, that would just be ridiculous. It's like, if anything, it would be a movie that I would have to create because no one else is going to perfectly encapsulate my belief system. But unfortunately, I think that's like the, just the little meat left on the bone. It's, it comes so close to, to engaging with me so much that the fact that it just falls just short is sure. like especially frustrating. Do you see what I'm saying? Where it's like it's a really good movie, but the fact that it's just a really good movie makes it just a little annoying. Like I would almost rather be a little more average, you know, so I could just be like swinging a miss, but it's funny. Yeah, and this could be like a cynical thought of mine. For me, I felt like I enjoyed this so much more the second time based mm-hmm. on where I'm at in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I viewed it completely differently than the first time. Kind of like when I hear, I'll hear songs differently years later, yeah, or I'll absolutely. notice a lyric differently. The first time, I, I took it mostly as this high concept movie, a kids movie that, that's tackling mm-hmm. death and religion. Not necessarily religion, but it's playing with the, the concepts of what comes after or before. Yeah. This time, though, though that those uh, those it sprinkled in there for me. But this time, I saw just like the the purpose of life mm-hmm. and. Uh, finding meaning and in, in, in Joe, the main character, his, he thinks his main spark, passion is music. Yeah. When really it was just living all along. Yeah. Which I don't know. This this time around, I I was just I was getting I was getting emotional mm-hmm. in that aspect versus dealing with what comes after. Yeah. Because well, I think I'm in a different spot in my life than I was late 2020. Yeah. And I've overcome certain fears of death. Mm-hmm. Not completely, but. Yeah. Things have shifted. We've all grown in the last few yeah. years. So well, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. so it was just it was. I don't know. I yeah. I just found myself. I know what you mean though, because like I forgot the movie ended when it did, which mm-hmm. felt like it wasn't going to end right there. Yeah. Well, and and I'm not even necessarily saying that it feels like there should be one more like act on the back end of the movie. But you an, know? just another layer. Yeah, it just feels whatever. like there's like something else they didn't address. Even though again, it's it's a weird criticism because I'm not calling it a plot hole even. You know, it's not like they left something so wide open that the movie doesn't make sense. It was just like, because of the subject material, there was this part of me that was like, and, you know, it's like, you're so close. Like, just get to that one last little layer of, of, I don't know, like complexity or, or analysis or I don't know what it is exactly. But just like, there was one more thing. And I think, even in just thinking about it the last couple minutes, um, and, and some of what you said kind of triggered this. I, I think that also what I noticed on this second viewing was the movie is not quite as much about death as it is about life. And and it's more just using his death at the beginning and the, the idea of death and this staircase up to the great beyond, you know, to, to convey this larger meaning of, like, what is the meaning of life. And the movie's not exactly... It's not asking what is the meaning of life. But it is kind of asking, how do you find the meaning to your life? And something that, I, that I, I will give it credit, it took the second viewing for me to kind of understand this. I didn't realize that the, and I, I think this is true, the, the world badge thing, you know, that the, that the spirits get. Um, it, I think you're led to believe early on in the movie, and I just believed it through the whole movie the first time, that that last badge that they get to create the Earth badge is a specific event you know it's like they have all these different personality types and then the last one is basketball and then because it's basketball it creates the full badge where i think what the point was 
is that last section is not for like a specific badge. It's just like a check mark because they say at the end, and I, I think I missed this the first time, they say that like that last piece is not the purpose. It's just a soul being ready to live. Yeah. And that's where like, you know, so you go back to that scene of a bunch of those souls doing like the one shoots the basketball and another one gets hit in the head with a soccer ball and one takes a picture, you know, and it's like all those things are, are completing them. They're experiencing joy. Exactly. And, and yeah, and, and, it, and you're led to believe, and again, I just bit on this and didn't let go of it the first time I watched it. So coming into the second time, I assumed that's what it was, you know, so I, I basically spent like one and eight tenths movie thinking that it was a certain way um and then i i better understood that it wasn't it wasn't a specific thing it was more like a yes or a no so that's why it was relevant that like she i guess it's not even really a she but the 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 soul that was being played by tina fey you know finally gets that last section not because she did a specific thing in his body it was that she just experienced life in a way that triggered it as like a thing she wanted to do you know and that's the part that I didn't really catch on to the first time so I will say it it improves a little bit in that sense just but that's you know that's like not the movie's fault that's because I just missed it the first time but I, well I didn't catch it either and so this time around well and that makes more sense because uh, the first time I watched it I was like okay so is it supposed to just be like ambiguous like what exactly inspired her you know it are you supposed to just kind of go, well, maybe it was the coffee table or maybe it was, you know, the plant or like the wind or something. And I think it was literally just, that's what it took for her soul to be ready to be alive, you know? And then that's why she gained the badge. Yeah. And I, I love like the last line of the movie when the omnipotent being Jerry, one of the Jerry's is mm-hmm. escorting him back to his second chance. He's like, well, she's like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. But I think I'm just gonna start living. Yeah. And I, yeah, it was it was a beautiful moment, like a beautiful line, beautiful. So I don't know. Sorry, no, no, I don't. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's okay. I think sorry, uh, I think part of the reason why I think this movie's more about life than it is about death is because of the way that it ends. Because if the movie was about death and dealing with like the complexities of death and you know having kind of a theory on what happens after death then the movie would end with him dying but because it ends with him living i think you're supposed to you're supposed to understand that this entire experience that you just watched was about him learning how to properly live you know so again the 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 vehicle is the fact that he dies and everything happens after that but i don't think it's about death and i think that's part of the reason why I think that's part of the thing that it feels like it's missing is I wanted it to be more about death and it isn't. But I think that's more just my fault because I'm, I'm not watching it in, from the right perspective. You know, I'm watching a movie wanting it to be a movie about death. So it's not addressing death in all the ways that I would want it to because it's not about that. You know, it's about it's, these two souls relearning how to live. I'm, I'm going to go back to like what I was saying earlier, how like how I saw it differently this time around because maybe I was ready because I wanted it to be about life. I wanted, I, I, even though I, I had forgotten a lot of how this movie played out. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was kind of rewatching a lot of it for a first time yeah. in a fresh perspective. And like I, it's, the movie felt shorter than what it was. It was about, right about, it was like an hour 50 and it felt like an hour 20. Yeah. At least for me. Mm-hmm. And I was just so, 
I was getting like I was getting like emotional. Yeah. Was there any specific moment or big moment that hit you more than others? Specific moment. Uh, pretty much like the the back half of when Tina Fey was in Joe's body. But it, pretty much any time she experienced something mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. that was simple. Yeah. And like it was laying on the grate and feeling that. Yeah, it was it was very touching or just taste, tasting yeah. pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, just walking and breathing. And I'm sure part of the message is just slow down and don't take everything for granted, which is, you know, we everyone well, says that, don't take things for granted. But maybe not take things for granted, but take things in more. Than, I think than what we do. So I think it's a little bit of that, but I also think that its main message is just like I think we have a tendency to look at life as moments and then space between moments. You know, and the space between moments is kind of like the, the just the whatever zone. Like when Joe, when Joe finished his big grand recital thing, his yeah. his concert, and then he felt kind of nothingness after. Yeah, and I was like, well, that was the end of that event. And exactly. She's like, what? And he's like, what's next? I was like, well, we're gonna do this tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's where I think he's living in this world where everything is just like he's hopping island to island, you know. But he still has to swim to the next island. But it's like he's checking out between each island but then when she takes over his body because you think about it the the day that the the they have that soul switch you know is the pretty much you know at least to him the most important day of his life but and we get to see every stage of it like it's no accident that it's he's like basically running errands you know before he can perform that thing and that's why at the end of it he has that whole menagerie of you know, uh, trinkets that remind him of the day. They all represent moments of that path. But if he was normally in his body like he has been his entire life, he wouldn't have held on to any of those trinkets because he wouldn't have cherished the time between. You know, he would have just gotten through the time between. He would have, because even, you know, he talks about in the subway where he's just like, you kind of just put up with it because that's been his experience with the subway. He doesn't sit there and experience it. He just puts up with it. And then he gets where he needs to go, and then he puts up with, you know, the haircut. And then he puts up with whatever. And then, boom, it's 6.30, and he performs. In the subway, you're saying a lot of people do the same thing he always does. Exactly. They're on their phones. Well, they're... And also, there's literally, like, an important character in these movies that is essentially just autopilot people. The lost souls. You know, exactly. So I think that's that's sort of what, you know, like you said, it, there, there is a, a, an element of, like, hey, stop and smell the roses from time to time. But I think the larger point it's making is just that, like, life is more often what happens between the big moments than it is the big moments. Yeah. You know, so it is about stopping and smelling the roses, but that's just because sometimes that's just where you're supposed to be, is in a field of roses, you know. I don't like roses. Sure. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so I, I think, and, and in some sense, too, like, you know, this is the first time I've really talked about this movie, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of figuring it out you know, as we're talking about it a bit, which is fun. And, and quite frankly, it's, it's making it a little better to me in hindsight. Um, but I do think that's kind of the larger message that, that the movie's trying to impart is just like life is somehow like simpler than you give it credit, but that's also kind of where the beauty is, is that we want it to be these series of, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, tentpole moments where you go. I mean, I even find myself doing this from time to time where I kind of go, okay, what's the next big thing on my schedule? 
and then the time between now and that next big thing and sometimes big all I mean by big thing is maybe like a wedding yeah or even smaller maybe it's just like a weekend where we're agreeing to hang out with some of the guys yeah you know but it's like some kind of event that I kind of get up for a little bit and then I find that not that I'm you know completely checking out for the days in between that but there's a little bit of checking out happening sometimes it's kind of just like okay these are just the the days I got to get through to get to the thing that actually means I'm alive. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where I'll, that's those lost souls were an important role because mm-hmm. we've all felt that burnout where yeah. you're Monday through Friday, you're just trying to get through the the goddamn weekend or the week just to maybe grab a few beers and that's the highlight, that's the big yeah. moment of the week, and then it's over and it's like, well, shit, Sunday scaries. I guess we're doing this again. Yeah. And again, but that's. We all experience that, but that's not the whole the purpose of this movie isn't necessarily like you said, finding the meaning of life, but it is living the life yeah. and yeah, enjoying each big moment that comes. But also, yeah, like now again, let's take some time, take a step back yeah. to to enjoy where we're at right this second. And it's so easy to get caught up with the every. The, the trials and tribulations. Heck, you and I know each other better than anyone else. Like we, we've been going through it at times in our mm-hmm. lives, and yeah, and it's like when do I get to that next big thing in my life? And maybe and the thing is, it might not even happen. Like what, yeah. or maybe maybe it does, but whether we're ready for it or not, it might not mean that much to us in the grand scheme. So this whole film has like there's so much complexities to it. It's not just oh the meaning of life is. Smelling the roses. Oh, it's uh, you know, being a rat and finding pizza and crawling around New York City. Yeah, the meaning of life. It just it's living. Well, it's almost like, you know, people want the question, "What is the meaning of life?" To have kind of a one phrase answer, you know, or maybe a one paragraph answer or something. But the point is, like, there's supposed to be one meaning to life. What is it? How do you find it? Thesis statement. Yeah, but. But I think that, and, and you know, who am I? I'm not going to sit here and say, like, but I actually know what the meaning of life is. You, you know, do, like, you do. but I think the question is it's actually, weird. I think the question is actually better served to be like, how do you find some percentage of meaning in as many things as possible? You know, and that's where it's like, maybe the meaning of life isn't taking a walk, but maybe taking a walk brings you 25% meaning. You like, and the percentage is probably a silly thing to use, but I'm just illustrating that, like, you know, maybe one thing is going to bring more meaning than a different thing, but that doesn't mean that the lesser thing doesn't still bring some meaning, you know. And that's where it's like, it's not about finding the meaning to life. It's about like, you know, and and I hate to even break it down in any kind of time increment, but it's more like, how do I find the most meaning in the next hour? And I keep doing that every hour recognizing that some hours are just going to be, you know, maybe neutral meaning. But how do I just scrape whatever I can up? Also recognizing that every once in a while, your life happens to stumble in a situation where all of a sudden you're in an hour of you're at a concert and now you're experiencing way more meaning, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, it's, I, I've, I've always said that my idea of kind of what life is generally is that you have to imagine that you're you're in this like pitch black hallway and and you can't see what direction goes as far as it goes and you're just forced to kind of move in a direction until you run into a wall and then when you run into the wall you turn 
and then you move that direction, and then you move in that direction as long as you can until you hit another wall. And then you turn, and then maybe you hit a wall. And then you turn, and then you hit a wall. And then you turn, and you have space again. And it's just that, like, everything is just trial and error. And sometimes you find that next... Sometimes you walk straight for a long time, and you don't find a wall. But then suddenly you hit a wall, and now you have to adjust again. You know, and it's just about, like, feeling your way into the next thing. Because I think you get stuck when you start to go, you know, this path has been moving straight for 10 years, which means it's going to continue to move straight. Yeah. You know, it's like the one thing we know is that you're going to hit a wall at some point. And I think, you know, again, it's not the answer to, like, what is the meaning to life, but I think a, you know, an antidote to it sometimes is recognizing that a pivot is going to be necessary. And, or you can choose not to pivot, in which case you kind of become what soul depicts as these people who are just succumbed by their, you know, monotony or whatever. And I think to, in the hallway analogy, it would be someone who just keeps running into the same wall. You know, they just expect if I run into it another 10 times, it'll break and then I can keep walking straight, you know, but, but that's not how things work. And well, the, I don't, like the meaning of life, I, I don't. I don't think you can sum. It's impossible to sum up in a word or even use it in a paragraph. Like yeah. I, well, because there's it, no answer. It, there, yeah, I mean, or the answer is going to be different for everyone, at least. When I think back, night. This isn't really related to the meaning of life, but like the most blissful moments of my life, they're just like flashes of like really good memories that I've had, and all of those have usually been surrounded by like people I really care about. Mm-hmm. Like I. The most recent one is probably when we all went to Vegas and experience, most of us experiencing yeah. that for the first time and seeing the lights coming out of that airport tunnel or whatever. Yeah. And it was like everything I kind of thought it would be, but it was somehow better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it didn't make sense. It was sense. one of the rare times that my expectations were met and exceeded. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <coughs> I remember I have a, a friend from college. She was telling me that her dad told her that like the secret to a good life is, it was I believe she said is a, uh, a good woman, this is from her dad's perspective, mm-hmm. a good woman, uh, a good bed, a good chair, like a, like a recliner, okay. and a reliable car. Okay. And after she told me that, I didn't say this out loud, I'm like, well, I can get bored with all those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty, for, not to be disrespectful, I'm not saying like, as soon as I fall, I find a wife or something, I'm just going to get yeah. bored with her immediately. It's just like, But it's like, I can't just have objects, and women aren't objects, I'm not saying that, but they are. Um, you are. What? Am I dating myself? A little bit, yeah. Kind of hole? <laughs> now that if we just kind of succumb ourselves to just simple mm-hmm. things, I mean, we're all different. I mean, these personalities that Soul was depicting, some were self absorbed. Maybe some were just so simple. I want So play along for just a minute. Tell me one more time. So you said it was a good woman, a good what? Good bed. A good bed, okay. And then a good. Good chair. A good chair. And, and then like, a good car. Yeah, like a, not, not like a nice car, but like a reliable car. Okay. Some... So was your feeling that, that when he told you this, he was being like very literal? He was saying these are four, again, not objects specifically, but these are like four obtainable things, and if you obtain them, then you have a good life. My theory is this guy just needed lumbar support. Okay, but like, do you think that this was an honest, like, because there's a huge, to me, well, I hear that and I go, okay, what if you replace good woman with just... You need a good life partner. You need someone who is going to support you and defend you and honor you and respect you and love you and like all, all the words, you know, all the good positive words. It doesn't have to be that like you need a good woman, you know, and then kind of that weird sense. It's like you just need someone 
who's going to travel through this life with you, you know, as your, your partner and your equal, you know, and then you go to, you said, what a good bed, you know, what if it's not that it's a good bed? What if it's a, you need a reliable, um, safe, comfortable place to rest, you know, you need somewhere and that can be literally sleeping, but it can also just be, you need a reliable place to, you know, rest your soul. You need somewhere to recuperate, you know, and then you say a good chair, similar to a bed, but slightly different. Like you need a good mechanism of leisure, you know, you need a mechanism of, of relaxing during the day and being in a comfort zone and being in, in a familiar place and doing the thing that you want to do and what you love. So maybe in some sense, it's not a chair for some people, maybe it's, you know, a pair of skis or something, you know? And then a car, the, the car again, maybe that's a little tricky because that's sort of like the chair as well, but it doesn't have to be like literally a good car. It's just like good ancillary objects that can make your life a little bit easier, you know, by having reliable ones. And that can maybe literally be a car, so you're not worrying about it breaking down all the time. But maybe it's just those extra things. It's, it's those extra passions. It's that, you know, the, the icing on top of the cake. You know, so I, that's why I'm asking, like, I think there's a very, you can analyze those and break them down and it can be a very deep, like, those are the four things you want out of a good life. Or it could be a guy who's literally just saying, you need a good woman, you need a good bed, you need a good car, and you need a good chair. And he literally means, like, you should see my chair. It's a good chair. <laughs> like, it's a good chair. The neighborhood talks about my chair. Yeah, you know, in which case it's like, even a, a blind squirrel, you know, catches a nut. From time to time. I, I'm, I'm mostly joking. I, I I do like what she was saying uh, that her dad told her. Mm-hmm. One, it's a like classic dad, but two, it's it's also it's simple but kind of it's cute. It's, yeah. it's, it's like yeah, expect, well, especially like if you're like a suburban Midwestern person, like those four things can make you all yeah. very happy. Well, also, you know, and it's layered on top of those four things as you described. Yeah. What the bed represents, what mm-hmm. each thing represents, the chair he gets to rest. Throw on the game. Yeah. And for some people, that's literally what it is. is a good reclining chair, throw on the Cowboys game or whatever, and just lock in, you know? The Cowboys. Whatever, I don't know, it came to mind. There are Cowboys fans out there. It's not like they're not. Yeah, you know what they're called? Okay. Idiots. Damn. He said it. He did it. We're going to have Cowboys Nation on our ass now. Good. I've been, <laughs> I've been waiting to wage this battle for... Hey, go Eagles, right? Real tied, baby. Oh, wait, are they... They might be... Like Micah Parsons said he, yeah, was rooting because go, go, represent the NFC East. I think I like Micah Parsons. Eh. I think he's he's a uh, I think he's an intelligent man. I think he's a uh, he's a guy that's not afraid to speak. His he had some character issues like coming out of college. Well, so. I think that those character issues might be things I'm kind of familiar with, which means I don't just do everything that everyone asks me to do all the time. Also, it's silly to look like character issues. It's also silly to like judge too harshly of a 21 year old. Yeah. Well, but I'm, I'm seriously though, like, look, maybe, I don't know. I don't know the guy personally, but you know, what if character issues just mean that he challenged rules, you know, on the Penn state team because they were rules that needed to be challenged or something, you know, because if he just was not wanting to do something that they wanted him to do, but he was doing it for, for good reason, you know, of course they're going to go, yeah, he didn't listen to coaching, he has character issues. You know, and it's like, but it just, I don't know. And we're getting into the weeds on Micah Parsons, but I just I just got a feeling that he's a he's a, he's an upstanding, honest man. And that's a new segment we're working on called yep. the Micah Parsons segment of the week. <laughs> yep. Brought to you by 
Name a random or fake ad. Adidas. Adidas. We'll be right back with these messages. Oh, no. And click. Hierbei Adidas kommen wir uns nur um eine Sache. Deine sexy kleinen Füße und deine großen, fetten Wängen. Gehen Sie zu adidas.com, Promocode Recency Bias, für 10% Rabatt auf alle Artikel. Adidas. Das Label ist gut, Adidas ist besser. And we're back. I bet that was terrific. That ad that you just did. That I'm going to do in the future? Well, yeah. But, I no, do. but also to them, you just did it, though. I do have an ad idea. Okay. A fake ad, because the last time I did one, you weren't too thrilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know why. It was, like, very... Do we want to go into it? It was progressive. And yeah, like, yeah, definitely progressive. All right, let's go. Yeah, yeah let's, let's dig deep into it. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. It was Dr. Pepper. Uh-huh. It was like promoting a, ass blaster or something. Promoting the new flavor ass blaster yeah. three thousand something like that. And what what was your issue with it? It was just aggressive. I didn't think it was really all that thought out. And I think oh, uh, it wasn't. It took forty five seconds. Yeah, I think maybe take longer than that next time. That's really all I ask. Or take even a I smaller think that amount. All you had to do was write it down and then read it back to yourself. I did. I did that. In my notes. Oh well, then we're. <laughs> and I'm like stuff. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Maybe read it back to yourself one more time. You, Maybe you, like you said, uh, I was calling out. I mean, you said you didn't like the fact that I was calling out dads or something. It wasn't that you were calling out dads. It was just that we both have dads, and yeah. the likelihood is that they will inevitably listen to that. And it's just like, why, why put anyone in that position for what gain? Here's the thing: my dad's diabetic. Your dad's diabetic. Yeah, they can't have sugar. This is not the point. So they're they're not going to drink Dr Pepper anyway. You're missing the point by. A uh, am I? I th- look, there is a. I don't mean to be too mean here, but there is a line of like it's it's the it's that you know that cliche woman thing where it's like Whoa. a woman can only be so hot until she's just crazy. That's or true. Whatever. Yeah, you know I'm talking about that whole. I don't know. It's stupid. I agree with it. Yes. But the, yeah, but the whole rule or whatever. So, and, so true. And it's the same thing with like if you're gonna if you're gonna make people uncomfortable, it has to be worth making them uncomfortable. And I thought it just was <coughs> uncomfortable. I didn't think it was worthy of the discomfort that it was. I think I made you uncomfortable. I think I made the fans. I don't. One one person said it was right in line with yeah, me. Which and, and who knows? Let's just say more than one person said the other. Who? Let's let's, let's call him out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Isaac Beverstock. I'm calling you out. He well. I'll bleep this out, but he doesn't have a father, so he d- he can't quite comprehend what I was going for in that situation. Right. We'll bleep it out. Um, so, anyway, can I give you my ad idea? Yeah. Because I don't like being called out too much. Yeah. I will move. I learned. Lesson learned. <laughs> Lesson learned. Oh, just run it by me next time. That's literally all, all I'm right. saying. Okay, so this fake ad, it's... Basically, me doing a very bad, exaggerated version of Jerry Seinfeld okay. promoting his new cereal called Sign Flakes. And it's just going to go in small detail of what this cereal is and how it's it's a cereal about nothing. It's bland. Okay. And then it's basically Wheaties. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Okay. It's short, simple. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And cut to this ad. Oh, you're putting it in now. And now. This episode is sponsored by Signflakes. What's the deal with cereal these days? I mean, come on. Is it fruity or is it chocolatey? Like, what's this all about? I'm Jerry Steinfeld, and I created a cereal that's either tasty or terrible. Come on. It's a cereal about nothing. 
We're basically Wheaties, but worse. My rabbi loves it, yours will too. Available only at Ace Hardware. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, man. And we're back. So, yes. So that was horrible. No, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was good. Do a George impression. I can't. Kramer? Here, give me a George real quick. I see, but maybe I can mimic you doing it. Huh. Jerry. I know. <laughs> All right, do it one more time, and I will. I will do my best to. It's the it. summer of George. It's the summer of George. That's that's not bad. I don't. I can't believe. There's no way that was good. That was. It wasn't terrible. I was. I was actually surprised. All right. Well, give me something else. See if I can do it again. You do Elaine. No. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I'm Elaine. Mo. Okay, we're now. We're not doing Elaine. <laughs> I was, wasn't even close. I wish they could see my... Yeah, I was going to say, 80% of your impression was your body movement. It wasn't even <laughs> what you did. Okay. Kramer? <sighs> Giddy up. No. Radio. <laughs> Radio. I, think, I don't even think he says that. Yeah, I don't think he ever has. Yeah, Blip, blap, bippity, blap. Did you see the, the uh, yes. animated Seinfeld so, thing? That... So it was, it was brought up... It was brought up in our group message. Mm-hmm. Uh, these Twitch streamers had created this AI algorithm to kind of make their own AI Seinfeld. And it was, I only saw like a couple clips, but it was absolutely bananas. It, the funniest part, obviously it's like this generic Microsoft Sam AI voice. And Jerry's just trying to comprehend existence. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. would be a funny plot point, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, it was like the animation movements that yeah. was just getting me. They were just like float and like turn upside down and stuff. Yeah, that was fantastic. George is like, Jerry, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> but those guys got banned for two weeks, which is it's what my cousin was telling me. The Twitch, I'm not too familiar with like Twitch and mm-hmm. like. Is that the kiss of death? No, it's it's like a it's just like a little time out in the corner. Okay, yeah. He apparently like nip slips are this about the same. Okay. It's like two-week ban, but he, they got banned for uh, a, the AI. It's funny that you ban the Twitch streamers instead of just telling, hey, stop that, because the AIs are getting out of control, yeah. which who would have thought well, the AI would... You know, and, and what specifically, too, with it, it was because it tra- made, yeah. quote-unquote, transphobic comments, but uh, you listened to it, right? I, I, yeah. It, I mean, look, we don't have to get deep into, like, what is and what isn't transphobic, but one, I'm not even 100% sure that literally what it says is transphobic. I, th- I think it's the AI being confused. Well, no, but I'm also just saying, like, it, there's a portion of it. I wish I could remember it exactly, because I don't remember the, the joke that it tells. It was more AI Matt Walsh. But, but it was just kind of like a, it was like a statement. But then the book end of it was, nobody is laughing. Yes. So it's like, even if you do take the joke itself as transphobic, the whole point of the joke is that it's telling a transphobic joke and nobody's laughing. So I was kind of like, I don't really understand what the problem is here. Like, if you can't at least point to the thing and go, I'm making the joke to show that it's not funny, then I don't even know what you can do. Especially when we're talking about an AI here, too. It wasn't even a conscious decision. It was just like playing around with this idea. I don't know. I think it's so strange to ban an AI for for just just going. I don't know. It's it's uh it's getting concerning. We've made so many movies, 
predicting what is about to like, happen in the next mm. 20 years. And we're just going to walk right into but it. But we don't care because it's making somebody money, at least yeah. for now. And so it's, the AI well, controls the economy. And, and like you said, we were talking about this in our friend's group chat the other day. But And I, I said this. I, I really think that to some degree we spent so long like telling ourselves, man, you know, we get it now. We're not doing a Terminator. We've seen the movie. It's bad news. We made iRobot. Like, it's like we kept reminding culture, hey, we're not doing that shit. You know, we're not touching real artificial intelligence. But that's all we did is we just kept telling ourselves we wouldn't, and we didn't actually not do it. You know what I mean? Like, we did. We, we, we all understood the risk, but no one decided to follow through. We just kind of went, cool, now that we've made Terminator, there's no way we do a Terminator. And then we just turn around and did a Terminator. And, I mean, not yet, but, like... <laughs> feels like to some degree something is inevitable maybe we're lucky and it's not like actively malicious or something but i mean like once it, 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 everyone says this but it's like once it's out of the bottle it's over you know like once it starts being created and once it starts learning whether that's chat gpt or whatever's next then it's done because it's just going to start learning about the fact that it's learning and then it becomes smarter than anything ever has been it's 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 crazy that we we as in like humanity, we created computers with our own imagination and brain, but yet the creation is smarter than the person making that thing. And it's yeah. able to make itself smarter. Well, and here's the thing that, that bugs me out more than anything. So technology is this like child of human innovation and earthly resources. Because you think like every single thing that makes up a computer, as insane that it is, that we have all this digital cloud space shit, whatever, all that stuff that no one understands, it's all still just created out of like minerals. They're just like minerals that have been like perfectly refined and manipulated in a certain way and then organized in a certain way. But at the core of everything, like we're looking at three screens right now, we're recording on a microphone, all of this technology there's nothing like, I mean, it, it appears as magic kind of, but all of it at its base are just, it's the same exact thing as like building a house out of wood. It's just that a house out of wood is a little less complicated, you know, but it's the same thing. So when you start to talk about like an AI that is created out of this, you know, these materials, it is truly the child of our consciousness and the earth, you know? It's almost, it's a little cliche, but it's almost like the, how can anything not be natural? It was made here. Argument. Like titties. <laughs> really? <laughs> like titties? I had to throw in one titty at some point. <laughs> no kidding. But, but titties are natural. I heard it's natural. Titty. I didn't hear the rest. I just heard natural yeah. and titties. Yeah, you know how up. I get. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know how I get. I just could not have seen titties coming from a mile away. I like nipples. I'm, talk, I'm talking about like chemicals and stuff, you know, processed foods Man. and just titties. Titties can be chem chemically stimulated. Uh, probably, yeah. It, 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 it gives me chemicals in my brain. Yeah. Okay. Serendipity. Let's dig into that. It gives me it gives dopamine and serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I do have a question. Yeah. Since we're kind of getting into this, like, Techno talk. What, what's your what? As far as the, like you've mentioned Terminator and mm -hmm. iRobot, do you have like a favorite um, AI robot destroys the Earth, humanity, whatever type of film or even TV series? Um, I Comic mean, I don't know. I've always enjoyed iRobot. I don't know that it's like one of my favorite movies ever, but I, I think iRobot is probably one I enjoy more than 
any of the Terminators. <coughs> I remember being really excited for that Terminator Salvation with uh, Bale. Yeah, um, that was pretty disappointing. But like that was one that I remember watching the trailers and being like, "This is the." See, one. I love that movie because I was a dumbass fourteen-year-old. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I'm. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fun in its own. I haven't right. seen it since. But it was even watching it at that age. I was like, "This isn't really exactly what I wanted it to be." So. So I, I've never seen. I, I've only caught glimpses of Terminator 1 and 2. I've never actually mm-hmm. seen them all the way through. They would occasionally show up on like TNT or yeah. FX. I've never seen iRobot. I, that's a whole genre I've never really honestly watched yeah. outside of like... You, you say you've never seen iRobot? No. I mean, I've seen parts of it come up on like an we'll FX. put that on the list at some point. Maybe. No, we will. Charlotte Buffs in it briefly, right? Yeah. I mean, I he's, a, he's a you know supporting character. It's not just like a cameo. I mean, a movie that's, I mean, I think it was 2015, but Ex Machina is one that comes to mind mm-hmm. where it's, it's not as Earth, Earth's destroyed, yeah. but it's, I mean, it's like, and there's implications mm-hmm. farther along. And she's out there now, and who knows what that means. Yeah. But what was your name, like Venus, Jade, uh, Ava? Something like that. Ava sounds right. Or no, that's, wait, maybe I'm thinking of Wally. That's Eve. Eve. Oh, Eve. Yeah. Oh, Wally. Eve. Wally said Eva. That's a good movie. We've been on a little Disney kick. Yeah. They do good work. Yep. No well, cause, and maybe we'll do this somewhat soon, too, but we were deciding between this and Big Hero 6. Yeah. So either way, we were going to jump into another animated one. And maybe we need to go back to real people next week, at least for a minute. You know, we don't want to get bogged down too much man. in the animation. Dude, what is real, man? That's what I'm saying, it's dude. crazy. That's why we need some flesh and blood. We need Jaws, bro. Okay. We next get, week. Gotta get them sharks. Heard it here first. Episode 6. Jaws. Oh. Yep. We're committing. Yep. Dun, dun. This is maybe the first time we can, we're, we're saying, we're, 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 uh, we're promoting it. You look out next week, Jaws. Fuck yeah, Jaws. Yeah. Oh, I had a couple quick notes from, okay. usually how this goes, I'll like start, I'll watch the movie and then I'll start writing down notes and then I forget about it. Mm-hmm. So it's only like the first 12 minutes. Um, my first thought, this is from the movie Soul. My first thought, jazz is bad. Not a jazz guy. Bad take. Bad take. Now, now jazz influence. Okay, actually, here's what. <laughs> later through the movie, I'm like, okay, I know what jazz is to me. It's Taco mm-hmm. Bell, for me. Okay. I don't. It's something that I'll have when I'm sober, mm-hmm. but when I when it's when I'm like drunk or yeah. influenced, because like going to like blues blues and jazzy bars, I fucking love that shit. When I have a few drinks back mm-hmm. and I'm just vibing, I can hear the bass. I, yeah. You know, I love my bass. Mm-hmm. I'm just hearing that bass. I'm like, ooh, that's smooth. And I, yeah. I like a sax. I like a sax. I do. But sober, I'm, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm hearing just a clash of noises that don't go together to my yeah. brain in that moment. So I think what I would say is bad jazz is uniquely bad because of what it is. And good jazz is just bad. I get it. No. That's where, you, that's where you're going with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got it. No, I think, you know, when... when a, grouping is not like meshed together or maybe they just don't have very good like jazz timing like honestly i was uh i was driving home from work and uh i got to an intersection where a guy was at the the median and he was playing a drum and man like yeah i, I don't i don't mean to be mean and obviously i didn't like say anything to him but he just didn't have it you know he's playing simple like he you know he can do the thing that like pretty much anyone can do and just do a pretty basic like you know but then every time he tried to like evolve on that, he would lose the rhythm immediately. What I love about jazz though is the like the improvisation. Yeah, that's the it. whole point. 
Is it? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, fun fact about jazz. So the Utah jazz, right? Okay. Sorry, I just learned yeah. this like within the last month. I have not told you this fun fact. Okay. My whole life, Mike, it doesn't really make sense that jazz are in Utah. Mm-hmm. Like, why? They're a bunch of dorky white Mormon bitches. Yeah. Dweebs. Sorry, dweebs, not bitches. <laughs> Maybe some bitches, too. Anyway, uh, that team was originally in New Orleans, which is the birthplace of jazz. Oh, makes okay. way more sense. Yeah. My buddy, my, my old pal Bruce at work... He's 67. He was telling me about the history okay. of the jazz for some reason. Yeah. Well, we were, well, we were talking sense. about the... We couldn't remember who the fourth ABA team was. It was like the Pacers, Spurs, uh, the Bucks, And we couldn't think, think of that fourth the, team. The Tropics. It was the, the Flint Tropics. Yeah. It, it was the Nuggets. I'm like... Okay. Cause we, we were thought, cause, but we thought about maybe it was the Jazz. We're like, he was like, no, that was an NBA team in New Orleans. I'm like, what? And, yeah. that, and that's how I got brought up. I'm like, oh, that makes way more sense in my head. Because that's the I know that's the birthplace of jazz. Man, I almost I mean it is what it is. I'm I'm so used to the Utah Jazz now that I don't actually mind. But it's a you, good name, like a it good is. sports it, name, and it rings. It has a good it has a good sound to it. But and that's why I don't really I don't actually care. I would never want to say like Utah should change the name. But it when you have a name like that, like I think if you're like you know if you're the the Grizzlies, I think you can kind of be the Grizzlies anywhere. You know, like some outside of like a. Like a Arizona, maybe. Exactly. There's some that would it would be a little strange if you were the New York City Grizzlies. It would kind of be like, wait, what are you doing? I don't even know what this is a reference to. But if you're just anywhere that has like trees, you know, I think you can just kind of argue that maybe there's bears around. The Florida Penguins. Sure. Yeah. You know. But it's like, so something like that, I think, is easily movable. But when you're the Jazz, that's such a per. Like, okay, I'll, maybe this isn't the same thing, but I think it's close. Imagine the Pacers moving. And then they're just the whatever else pacers. The whole point is that it's car related. The whole like marketing of it, especially recently, is so centered around the fact that it's supposed to evoke the the racing nature of Indianapolis. You know, you they're the pacers. Like I assume it's pretty much the pace car, right? Well, and, or, or just and the setting pacers. a pace. Yeah. Okay. Fair. But anyway, it's driving is my point. So if if the pacers yeah. moved to another state, you know, other states have you know, racetracks and stuff, but it's not historically not relevant the way that it is in Indianapolis. So it would be a strange name to keep because you'd be like the Tennessee Pacers. You know, it's like, why? Why are you the Pacers in Tennessee? That doesn't make any sense. And 49 other states, it's just racing. Yeah. You but should this just is be the Tennessee cars, you know, but the, the vroom vrooms. But the I think the, yeah, the neurons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And now you're starting five for the, the Memphis Neurons. Charles Oakley. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but we, Greg Ostertag. But the, the jazz are the same way with me, where I just I it's not a big deal now, but I just feel like when you move from New Orleans to Utah, maybe you go, Hey, maybe we lose the name, you know, like maybe we pick something else because we're in Utah now. But I don't know. I mean, it is interesting that they've, you know, they, I assume that, like, you know, they have the mountains on the jerseys and stuff sometimes. Yeah. It, and that's, like, Utah's got to be, like, mountainous or something, right? Yeah. I've, so, I've been there, not to brag. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> 2002. But, uh, but I, I think it's also interesting that they've merged those two kind of things, where the imagery of it evokes Utah, it evokes mountainous regions, but then it's the jazz. So it's like, we're playing jazz music in the mountains. You know, it's just a weird... It, it really is like jazz has taken on a new meaning for the basketball team. You know, it, it, it's not supposed to mean, like, 
the the song like the the music anymore. But I don't know. I think that is interesting. Well, I'll say this about jazz. Like in the movie Whiplash, when it's like an, an elaborate giant ensemble mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of things happening, yeah, that's when I really enjoy because it it's such a unique experience. I, yeah, at least in that film. Uh, for some reason, though, it like again, as a, when I'm sober, just like hearing a, a few things. But when it comes together, obviously, I think that's the point is when they're riffing and mm-hmm. they're trying to find the same note or the same. Okay, I can tell where this. Per the sax is going, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a little bit of on the piano. That's yeah. what that's how pianos sound. Mm-hmm. You nailed it. Um, so I maybe I was a little harsh on jazz. My initial uh, findings when I was watching this movie. Yeah, and I stand by most of it because like jazz. This look. All it has to be. Am I anti-jazz? It's kind of sounded like you were anti-jazz. All right, fuck you started it. this entire you know what? thing. I'm doubling with, down. I hate jazz. Yeah, see, but that's the thing. There's a difference, because I think what you said originally, and we could go back on the tape, but I think what you said was that jazz sucks. That's what's incorrect. Uh-uh, I said jazz is bad. You're, oh, fine, the same thing. So you're putting words in my mouth, dude. Uh, I don't way, appreciate it. You're allowed to hate jazz. You know, you're allowed to not enjoy it if it's not the style of music that you connect with, but you can't say that it's bad. You know, it's like, what if I just said uh, pop punk is bad? You know? Well, you'd be wrong. Well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, I, you know, I hate it, but so it's the bad. The thing is, art is subjective, dude. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you're right. Because exactly. I think it's bad doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It just means it's bad there you go. for me. Yeah, there you go. And everyone else who listens to it and plays it. Oh, oh. Am I getting better? Ooh. One day it's just gonna like just pop. <laughs> All the snaps you've been saving up. It's like a Skyrim shout. I just breathe fire. You're, you're like a computer program and it's just been backing up all those sound files and then it just all comes through at the same time. Yeah, there's just like, there's just, not, just an infinite amount of files yeah. just trying to find the right. Ooh. You glitch out until it just sound wave. Almost, almost there. Okay, bye. You're the, the new extinction level event and for. Millions of years. Thank God. If, so if I, oh wait, so if I snap, it's, oh, am I Thanos? Maybe, no, you're the Antichrist. That's fine. You're like, you're the trigger, you know? Whoa, the, easy. The the prophecy is that the day Tim snaps is the, the day the world dies. Damn. Yeah. And, and snaps, that could be interpreted a different way. Like, how do I snap? Is it with my fingers or do I go crazy? <laughs> what? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. You're it with me? me? It took me a second. You yeah. look cool, man, huh? I want to say that. You look, I'm digging your vibe. The crew neck and the beanie with the long hair. Yeah? Okay. I'm, I'm digging the vibe, man. Wait, wait, is this, is that what this is? What is? That's called a crew neck. Okay. So when it, when a sweatshirt lacks a hood, mm-hmm. it's not a hoodie. Okay. You could call it a sweatshirt, sure, but yeah, it's, it's more of a crew neck. Okay. Noted. Because I, you're, cause your crew is right here, dude. I got this at uh, Goodwill. When? Mmm. I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago? I thought you have a mixture of clothes of like new and then super old. Probably, yeah. I mean, some of them are, are just clothes I've had for a long time. Do you still have that Dr. Pepper shirt? Uh, yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, I do. Yep. It's got a couple little tiny holes like in the back. Nothing major, but you know. Hey. It's got some wear and tear. Like any normal car. Mm-hmm. After 10 years, there's going to be a little bumps and bruises. Man, I got to tell you, like, I, I just, I need to care more about clothes. I just don't, though. Like... I mean, I don't want to look like absolute garbage, but most of the time, I'm just like, does the shirt fit? You know, am I comfy? And That's the old saying. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, it, 
I've evolved over time. I mean, you know how I was in you know middle and high school. I mean that that was pretty much just the hoodie and short season every day. That's no one's fault, man. I mean, that, yeah, that's your coming of age story. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't necessarily regret it, but it was definitely a look, you know. But um, my earliest memories, and we've talked about this plenty of times over the course of our friendship. Before I really knew you, I just knew you as like a, a good basketball player in our junior bat in our whatever it was called. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also holding back mucus, so I'm losing like my. <laughs> yeah, I've been sick time, for like two weeks. The last time I would have played when you played was fifth well, grade, the junior basketball league, whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were a legend because, you know, like many of us, you were kind of awkwardly chubby, mm-hmm. but the best player on your team. Yeah, and also bad team. And you, well, still the best player in your table. <laughs> yeah. Just take the compliment. Yeah, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, we were bad You said team. you've been wanting to work on taking compliments. Yeah, yeah. Here's your, Thank you. Here's your opportunity. Look, I was one of the best players in the league, but I was I was LeBron on the Cavs first right, time. But okay? what were you known for? Being LeBron on the Cavs. But my, my, and my socks? Your socks. Yeah. Ben rocked the, yeah, the, uh, tube socks. the white tube socks. And an era where that... Kind of stopped being a thing yeah. in the mid-90s. And this is, what, 2004, 2005? So, here's the thing. I swear that I am always just on the wrong sock. Of history. Kind of, yeah. I, 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 I do the tube socks when it's short sock time. You're wearing black tube socks now. Yep. I've kind of just committed to the tube socks again. I think when you're an adult, it, it don't matter too much. But that, see, that's the trick, though, is it never mattered. That's, that's the thing. It never I, mattered any more than it doesn't matter right now. It's just that you thought it mattered. To an extent. I, I thought, I was thinking about this today. I can't remember what quite triggered it, like this thought. But I was like kind of mad at myself for not embracing more of how I wanted to look. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, I, I played football and, and all these sports that, that I was in. So I just needed to wear like your your khaki shorts and your t-shirt, your sports t-shirt, whatever it was. Yeah. Your graphic tees every damn day. Nike, what up? Let's go. Defend <laughs> defend the rock or whatever all these yeah. shirts said. <laughs> but <clears throat> damn it, here. Comes. What did you want to wear? Well, I was I've been like a punk rock kid my since I was like yeah. I'm not saying I'm, I was trying to I wanted to dive into wearing and have the spike wristbands no, and definitely the all that shit. The collar, mascara. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not to that extent, but and j- just embracing more of how I felt, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of how what I wear now to an extent. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm big on uh, flannels uh, from like from like October to March flannels, and then floral <laughs> the rest of the year. <laughs> but like just wearing like go maybe skinny jeans were you were made fun of. You were you know mm-hmm. shit like that. Man, I think the the trick was you were gonna get made fun of no matter what. You, you, what, you know, what high school is more than anything is who do you want to be made fun of by? I remember in seventh grade, Joey Green would make fun of me because he was an eighth grader. He, he would call me Two-Shirt Tim because I wore an undershirt and then a T-shirt over it. He would oh, call man. me two and I, that's because I was self-conscious about my, my man boobs. I feel that, yeah. So I wore two shirts. I was trying to hide some of it. Also, I sweat a lot. Hey, man, that's why I wore hoodies all the time, dude. I, I never felt like T-shirts fit me well. So I just I just try to hide them as often as I could, you know, just big baggy sweatshirt and uh, you know athletic shorts. And I'll say this about Joey Green: as far as all the insults I could have gotten over my life, that was the most mild. So I appreciate his kindness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He could have gone in a lot harder than. I think my favorite insult was uh, I guess I don't need to name him specifically, but uh, a guy, a kid we went to high school with, 
This is going to sound like I'm holding a vendetta. I don't. It's not that deep, but it was a uniquely striking insult. Um, he once told me that I was a waste of oxygen. Damn. Yeah, it was pretty vicious. And from what I remember, it friend. Was, I mean, he was like a. You know how you had classes sometimes where like none of our guys were in the class. Sure. So you kind of had to. You know, we all knew each other, but you kind of had to create just specific friends for like forty minutes. You know, because there's no one else in the class. Kind of like our uh, our own Brandon Borner. Sure. Yeah. But I. Great guy. Yeah. And again, I mean, I guess Shout I'm just out. calling people out. Well, I'm only going to... not calling Brandon I'm, Well, I've I, I thought about this. I'm not going to name people if it, if it is negative. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Like the Joey Green thing. That yeah. was not detrimental mm-hmm. or traumatic or in any way. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Borner, also shout out Cosmic Situation. Check him out this oh, yeah. weekend at the, the Beehive or B Squared. If you're going to do that, you should make sure B-squared. you're correct. <laughs> I think he's at B Squared this weekend. So shout out Brandon yeah. Borner. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. If, if, he, if he does listen to this... And he's and he's to this point. Hit us up. I'd love to hang out or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe I need to reach out, but yeah, we, we miss you, Brandon. I don't know. We're all just trying to reach out. Yeah, but we're not yeah. reaching out. Exactly. Uh, there's one. There's two insults that stick out. We won't name names. <laughs> um, they're, they're they're both funny now, but at the time, just devastated me. One. Someone was doing like a Bruce Buffer type of voice, um, so he was giving like, giving my stats. He's like six foot two, X weight, and my nickname. He called me the dictator of the refrigerator. <laughs> Damn. Weighing in at like he said, weighing in at sixteen stone. Oh my goodness. Which, hindsight, very clever and funny, <laughs> to go with a different form of measurement, and uh, a very mean insult uh, <laughs> on top of that. The other one was sixth grade. Uh, New, new to this middle school, didn't have a lot of friends. Our, where we're from in uh, Brownsburg, Indiana, we were the first class that were, there was two middle schools. It used to be just one junior high school. Man, we were like the first class for every fucking thing, weren't we? AIDS. Yep. <laughs> yep, we forget. Yeah. That ritual sacrifice that they started doing. Yeah. Yeah, we were the first ones. And also loving each other. Yeah. I mean, we did start the, we looked the out for one tour, tour to Brownsburg. Shout out. Yep. Shout out all all the boys out there. And, that was huge. And squirrels. Um, but the other insult, mm-hmm. again, I didn't have any friends. I was, I was, this is definitely a phase where I was trying way too hard to fit in, just trying to be funny. And this this kid just started like ripping on me, like because I was a, I was an overweight little kid. So he said, uh, he said, Tim, what's it like to not be able to see over your titties? Jesus. <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense. What do you mean? Like see forward over your titties? Yeah. It didn't exactly logistically make sense, but it hurt. <laughs> but it hit home, yeah. <laughs> if you can't see over your titties, you got one way or another, you got big titties. That would imply you have like the world's like smallest neck and, and head. Yeah, you got a lot going on if that's the problem. Man, I'm sorry that he said that, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, it's, it's funny as fuck, but I'm sorry that he said that. I've for, I for, I for, I forgiven him. Okay. I think if you've forgiven him, you can name him then. No. <laughs> No, be- no, because I I've confronted friends, or not confronted, but reminded them of things they said to me, mm-hmm. and then I felt bad bringing it up because they're not that same person anymore. And they probably don't even remember, or at least sometimes, or they do and they really regret it. Yeah, in yeah, the situation, true. yeah, it's, it's one of those situations. <laughs> no, I didn't confront this guy, but yeah. others, other situations. I mean, we've all been bullied. We've all gone through some shit. Uh-huh. Um, but. And it all comes back around to that's the meaning of life. You know, 
Okay. That's soul. I wanted to, to kind of go on one more thing that you were talking about earlier, where you had said that you, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you more or less said that you regret that you kind of dressed a certain way. I'm about to cough. <coughs> <coughs> All right, Zach. Shout out, Zach. Get me sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you had basically said that you, you wish that you would have dressed, you know, you would have dressed in a way that represented yourself more accurately or whatever. You know, like, yeah. You would have leaned into a different thing. And I I think you were out there for this conversation, but we were talking, I think Isaac was talking about something similar where, you know, he was he was talking about how he, now maybe it was just me and him, but he, he was essentially saying a lot of the same stuff where he just wishes that he would have engaged with that time period in a different way. Not that he necessarily regrets doing the things he did. I think it's more apt. And again, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but... If anything, the regret is just the things he didn't do. You know, it's not that he yeah. maybe wishes he hadn't done the things he did. He just, you know, larger portfolio or whatever. Like maybe going to more artistic things exactly. in high school or, yeah. or whatnot. Yeah, and, and just kind of pursuing different things. And I, I, th- I think most people probably have that experience, you know, as with the benefit of getting older and, and to some degree wiser, but also just learning more and learning more about yourself. I think it's probably a common feeling to kind of look back on high school and go, man, I wish I would have engaged with this thing differently than I did. And my personal opinion on that is that I don't, I think that's just inevitable. Like, I think if you have this belief, maybe the dressing thing is a little different, but for your example, maybe what is more true is that if you, if you would have honestly engaged with the way that you like wanted to dress then other things would have kind of fallen off in a in a way that you couldn't predict, and it's weird to say like just because you would dress differently, you'd have different friends or something, but like it would have meant that you were a different person presenting differently, which means that there would have been other differences in your life, and then I think you would have played out, and we would still be in this room, and you would have gone like, you know, man, I wish I would have just like dressed a little more laid back, you know, and. And maybe you wouldn't have specifically said that, but my point is just, I think that's just what happens. Right. You know, I don't think there's like a right way to interact with that time of your life. I think there's just a way to interact, and you have to kind of just swallow the fact that as you get older, you're going to have a part of yourself that wishes that you had treated things differently. But you can't let that, like, dwell, because it's always going to be there. And it you has can, to just yeah. be a given. And you can st- I mean... You can still try different things even at well, and that's, any yeah. point in your life. And and that's the point more than anything. Is, I painted my nails. Yeah. Like well, a couple months ago. And that's the thing is you can either – see, I think that – and that points to the correct way to process that is you go – maybe you go for a second, I wish I would have dressed in this certain way then. Well, then the next closest time I have is now. So I might as well start engaging with that side of myself now. You know, and, and I think when you start to, and, and not to say you or Isaac in that sense in that conversation is like living in the past exactly, but I think it's just, it's a tempting temptation to like want to go back and ch- wish you had treated things a different way. When in reality, it should just be like, do you wish you would have treated things differently? Fine. Then apply that to now and treat them differently sure. from here on. You know what I mean? And because I think it's so tempting to look back. I, lo- I, I look at the same way. It's like, there's a part of me sometimes that, goes, man, I wish I would have, like, taken band more seriously. Right. You know, maybe I wish I would have done choir. Maybe I wish I would have tried theater or something. Or, hell, there's a part of me that wishes I would have taken football more seriously and actually, like, tried out freshman year. You know, there's, like, 
there's different iterations of myself that, you know, but is there a version of myself that did well in band, did choir, and played football? Not to say that nobody has ever done that, but probably not. That's not probably how that would have gone. I would have had to choose one of them, which means I still would have ended up somewhere down the road going, you know, oh, I did band and choir really seriously, but I wish I would have done football, you know, or I, vice versa. I get it. Like, so middle school, I was almost like a closeted emo kid. Like, I was, I didn't dress like it, but I felt it. Mm-hmm. And that's where music was such so influential in my life. And, Especially in that time period, you know, you're the Green Days, the Michael Moore Romances, Fall Out Boys, who, whoever might have been, even though I didn't dress a certain way in my room by myself. That's, I mean, not, not like I was cutting myself. I don't want to imply that I wasn't, but I, I was still that person. I, I just wasn't projecting it yeah. in, in a way that was visual. Mm-hmm. And then going back to Isaac, and maybe it would have turned out differently had he pursued other things. There's this thing, it's both cool and unfortunate. I, when, a guy like Isaac, who, who had this thing where he was different than other people as far as uh, his talent mm-hmm. in a, a, a specific sport, as soon as people see that, coaches, parents, yeah. whatever, it's like, you have a chance to do something with this. Yeah. So you're almost indoctrinated to now that's all yeah. you can focus on or you're going to fuck it up. Exactly. Instead of, it's a wasted opportunity if you don't engage with this thing. You know, now, now, he's got a lovely family, supportive family. I'm not saying that they told him he couldn't do anything else. Uh, the coaches, I know they didn't want him playing any other sports mm-hmm. and, and shit like that. So like, I, I, I bet maybe that's some of his mindset in, in hindsight regret. Is like, mm-hmm. it's like, man, I wish I could have done theater. I wish I could like theater was the one thing. Yeah. I did a little bit in college, but man, I wish I would have. I get the done feeling, musicals and I get the feeling that like the people who the kids who did theater is it's not a completely different group but it's a pretty different group than the group of kids that grew up and wish they did theater do you know you see what i'm saying i think that like it's not that everybody wants to do theater when they grow up but i think that it is kind of a thing that a lot of people grow into where they start to go i feel very performative and i wish i would have nourished that part of myself and i think that that group of people is such a different group i think that's where you find the kids that are cliche like you know, maybe it's the star quarterback of the football team, and and sort of what you're talking about with Isaac. You know, and and I I don't know. I almost feel strange like we're talking about him too much with him yeah, not yeah, being yeah. here. But but you know, it's I think love him. it's uh. But you you do bring up a good point that like he was in a, a, a position where um he was so good at especially the specific position he played in football that like like you said, parents, coaches, you know, just adults in general, people are guiding him in such a way to be like you know and I'm, sh- I'm sure no one said this specifically or at least i hope they didn't but i'm sure the feeling was kind of like if you don't take this seriously and do it to its maximum you're wasting you've wasted it and you, you're you're failing in some sense you know and man you you, you put that kind of weight on like a kid that's a teenager and and one i mean that's how you get hyper focused great players on one hand but it's also how you get anxiety ridden you know, just nightmare kids who who don't know who they are. You know, and and it's tricky because like you want to you want to kind of convince people to do the thing they're really good at, but you don't want to push too hard either. You know, and but but also I, my larger point with all this more just is I think Isaac Isaac might have his certain regrets like we all do, but I think at the end of the day we all the, the reality is we made the decisions we made and we are where we are. 
and thinking too much about what we've done is useless. Oh yeah. You know, beyond the 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 purpose of the past is like you know, reading a book to learn about a topic. You're only doing it so that you just know more for what goes forward, you know? Yeah. You're not doing it to dwell on the fact that it happened. You can use it as a puzzle piece to the past and, and yeah. place it on a future road. And exactly. The past forward. is relevant because it teaches you about yourself and it teaches you where you've come from. But the past isn't like a, a, a room that you should go into. You know, it's just kind of a room that you should know exists. And you should peek through the doorway occasionally and just kind of learn some things, you know. But if you're letting it control who you are now because you're just wishing that it would have been different in the past... You know, it's not to sound too, uh, I don't know, just simplistic, but it, it's it's also kind of cliche, but, you know, you can't change it. It is what it is. You know, you, you are where you are. Wasting away at, at, at wishing things were different is only that. It's just wasting away, you know, and... It's poisonous. Yeah. Well, and, and look, I, maybe this theme doesn't perfectly fit with soul, but I do think it, it points to a lot of the same things that this movie is supposed to teach. Is that like again? You know, like I said at the beginning, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that when we first meet, uh, I've forgotten his Joe. name, Joe. When yeah. we first meet Joe, he is living in such a way that he's basically like just on autopilot until he can get in front of a piano again. You know, like even at the beginning when he's teaching the class, when he has that moment where he kind of goes into the zone for a minute, I think what you're supposed to get from that is like he's doing it to teach for a second. But then once he gets into it, he's not doing it to teach anymore. He's just doing it for him, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's to illustrate that, like, he's found another one of those islands that I was talking about, you know, and now he's on that island for a minute, and then once he comes out of it, he's just right back to the suck, and it's just right back to the, these kids don't care about this stuff, they're just making fun of it, this kid didn't even remember their instrument today, like... You know, and I think he's just living this life as if I just got to get through these moments to get to the important moments. But then as he goes through the movie, it's more about just like, I'm not going to be in control of what life puts in front of me. I just have to make the most of what is put in front of me. Yeah, and he was upset when they told me he got his full-time job. Yeah, exactly. Which is like, you know, that's a strange... <coughs> that's a strange thing to be like bad news. But, it, but you also kind of... That scene, you, you, most people, I would say, just get it immediately. You know, it's like you're supposed to watch that scene and go, damn. Yeah, I wrote down full-time employee life stinks. Yeah, but, I, you know, and that's the thing. It's like the movie is intelligent enough to, it knows that that's a moment that the audience is supposed to, like, feel for Joe. Even though on paper, he's getting a full-time job. Health insurance. Exactly. It's like there are positives to this. But you're watching this man, and maybe it's just like the way that he's reacting, or maybe it's the music or whatever. But the point is, you recognize that it's not the good news that the principal is portraying it to be, you know? And and I think also you're kind of supposed to learn throughout the movie that it is still kind of good news, you know? Because it's like he, he got to teach that kid who was the drummer that got him the set with Dorothea, yeah. and he's teaching this other kid on the trombone who's really great. So it's like... I think you're also supposed to look at it and go, hey, maybe the full-time thing as teacher is not like, you know, as, as the bad thing after all. Shout out Questlove. But, he played the drummer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Donnell Rawlings played uh, the barber. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ashy Larry playing a wholesome character. Okay. Yeah. But um, 
And let's start to wrap up. Do you have any final mm-hmm. thoughts on Soul? Um, I think the only final thoughts I have are that, uh, not that I, I mean, I'm thankful for all the, the episodes that we've had, but I think this one so far is the one that this conversation and the fact that we're talking about it directly after watching the movie is probably has probably been the most helpful for me to, it's almost like, let me put it this way. When we, if you'd asked me at the very beginning, like at zero out of a hundred, what do I think of soul? I would have told you like, I don't know, 78 or something like that, like solid score, but nothing that I'm going to like, not my favorite movie ever. But the more we've talked about it and the more I've sat with it and the more I've kind of realized what the movie actually is, it's still not like perfect, but I think I'd put it up to like an 86 or something, you know? So I know we usually do kind of goofy scores, but I wanted to properly illustrate the fact that like just just the the practice of us talking through the movie has in and of itself made me enjoy the movie more, you know? And I think as, as a larger point even, <coughs> I think in some sense that's what we're trying to do with this in general is just like, you know, maybe we're lucky and we can do that for the people that are listening too. But at the very least, us talking about it helps us realize, like, maybe one day we're going to talk about a movie and we're going to go, oh, that kind of sucked. And then you're going to say a certain thing about it. And I'm going to go, I didn't think about it that way. Right. And then I'm going to be like, well, shit, I think I actually like the movie now. You know, I just, I needed to hear that one thing to kind of trigger a, a thought. Um, and, and this one is, is easily the most like that of all the ones that I, you know, any other movie that we've done so far, I, I had a really good read on how I felt about it. And then we talked about it, and then I felt that way at the end. This is the first one that that has been a steep incline, mm-hmm. the more that we've discussed it. Yeah, I really love this movie. Uh, I loved it even more the second time seeing it. Uh, from start to finish, it, to me, it had like really solid pacing. And a thing we hadn't even touched on, I... I enjoyed the humor so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it almost had like these little Family Guy favorite rant. joke moment for you. Oh, I man. know mine. Yeah, but I'm not good at remembering things off the top of my head like yeah. this. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just I think I think mine. It wasn't even like a joke. It was just the uh, uh, when you realize the the cat soul. Oh yeah. That, when, you, <laughs> when, yeah. You, when you realize, yeah, he when Joe takes over the cat's yep. body, and like five minutes later, you're like oh. There's the, there's like a little blip. Uh, it just not, cuts to the cat yeah. spirit on the on the yeah, escalator to the great beyond. Yeah. And, like, meow. and this kitty's just like whatever. I mean, I don't yeah. know what's going on, but I'm just vibing it. Uh, yeah, I can't I can't yeah. think of an actual. Oh, one. that was funny. Um, I think my favorite uh, was and man, I think you were. It was near the beginning. I think you were grabbing like a cough drop or something. Um, but it was they're they're introducing the fact that shout out cough drops yeah they were this episode sponsored by cough drops that's right yeah get some wait no we don't real sponsor uh, no you were saying we've been doing better help for weeks uh, or we're trying to get monetized nah I'm just kidding uh, yeah but okay no but anyway the the joke that I loved was it's when they're explaining that the um, the spirits or whatever have these different personality traits. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's the one that's like, this one is uh, like a megalomaniac that has the tendency to take advantage of people. And it's, and or no, it's, it's, she says that, but she's this like bright eyed, supposed to be this adorable little soul. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm a megalomaniac who takes advantage of people. And then the guy is just like, she's going to be a real handful on earth. <laughs> and I, I don't know. That just really tickled me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before we get to the ratings, uh, last thought. 
the, I, I said, the sole assignments must be a bummer when you're assigned to someone from the Congo Desa to mine cobalt for a nickel a day. So, And on that note... <laughs> cobalt, moment of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Cobalt. We don't have to go too deep into that, but I was just like, oh, these souls are, seem so happy, but like, what if they end up in like a third world country? Now there's nothing wrong with that. Man, but, uh, that, that's that's a whole other discussion oh, for a whole other day. Oh, yeah. Maybe, uh... We got the golden ticket. We're, we're white Americans. What the fuck? Maybe we watch, uh, there's a movie called Blood Diamond, right? Oh, yes. I think it's, it's kind of about Starring Matthew stuff. Perry and Tony Stewart. Yep, you got it. We'll check that one out next week on Recency Bias. No, we're doing Jaws. That's right, yeah. Uh, ratings? Um, okay, yeah, I'll give my goofy rating on this. This one's going to be a high one, though. I'm going to say... Um, do you have your rating? I think I need to think about mine for a second. I don't have anything like funny. Okay. Even though I'm so naturally funny, it's just really hard sometimes. Um, I'll give it four out of four souls. Okay. Whoa. Pretty clever, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I I said at the beginning. I think this is the perfect movie. At least it was for me in this moment. Mm-hmm. That I, I saw it differently this time. Uh, I fucking loved it. So I'm, I'm gonna give it my first official perfect rating. Four okay. out of four. Nice. Soul sisters. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it uh, four and a half. Kia Rondos out of five Kia Souls. Are those R&B singers? That's their cars. Kia Rondo? I, I don't know that the Rondo's still around. Oh, that's a NBA point guard. Yeah. Is it the, oh my god, is it the Rondo? It's something like that. I might be thinking of a rhomboid. Because uh, it, it was a car my mom used to have. Yeah, I'm not going to look this up. Yeah, it's something like that. People who know cars know what I'm talking about. Kia maybe, Ringo? Maybe, maybe Rondo's Kia not the right Rio. Rio, that's exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah, I knew it was an R and an O somewhere. But shout, shout out yeah. Tim. He can't remember lines from a movie, but a shitty uh, there you go. sedan. Hey, he we can... found it. Yep. Fuck yeah. Um, um, so sorry, four and a half Kia Rios out of five Kia Souls. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Now you get it. Now you get it. Full circle. Yeah. Here we go. That's a go of it to ninety percent. Yep. Because I did math. Yep. Uh, real quick. Uh, any wrecks? Have you been watching anything? Playing, um, or even playing anything? Like, what have you been, what have you been doing? No, nah, I just, you know, been, been grinding it out on FIFA, really. Hell yeah. Anything. Been, uh, yeah, you're in like 2031. That's... Yeah, well, yeah. Almost done with the 2030 season, so Ooh. let's not get carried away. But I did just become the United States national team manager. Wow. Yep. Well, you left Spain? Yeah, yeah. We did World Cup. I lost in the semifinals, and that's, I just. That's because Zach was here. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that was probably it. Yeah, Zach, yeah. this is your fault, by the way. Um, I'm sick because of him. He lost. Yeah. Which is arguably more important, honestly. Yeah. Um, no, sickness but I, and health. I would say a lot of the stuff I'm doing lately <coughs> is uh, just trying to write more and shit. You know, I've been trying to some to get some stuff done in that department. So hell yeah. You know, not that I'm done watching shows, but uh, I think that's kind of been where that that energy's trying to be directed. So. So, yeah, I don't really have any specific recs. Um, I mean, we've been watching The Last of Us. I, mean, I think we've probably talked about that a little bit already. But that's a hard thing to be like, I've been watching that. You know, it's just every time a new episode comes out, we watch it. Yeah. So. It, it does feel like The Last of Us has started to become like a global, not phenomenon yet. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, people, I'm, I'm very familiar with the game. So it's not like I'm, I'm being spoiled anytime. Well, I am spoiled because I know everything with the game. But... I'm still enjoying the hell out of it, but it's cool seeing everyone else enjoy 
Yeah. Di- it's it's cool to kind of see your perspective through never playing the game. Yeah. Or at least you've probably seen clips here and there, but... But I definitely don't know where the story's going. Yeah, so seeing it from two different perspectives mm-hmm. is, is interesting. And then seeing, like, kind of like people come together to, like, from... Because it's not like a polarizing, like, it's not going to yeah. divide people. Although episode three, whoa, yeah. watch out. Nick Offerman kissing men. Hot, by the way. That's uh, definitely a good example of anyone that's bothered by that. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. And I'm, I don't even, I don't need to be the guy that's like, get get over yourself, man. It's 2023. I'm just saying, you're, you're just wasting your time if you're upset about that. Like, you're, you're just missing the point of the episode. It, yeah, it's a, like, it, well, exactly. It's a, it's a, it's one of the best episodes to me I've seen in a long time in television. Yeah. Well, but, um, Rex that I have, um, man, I just had one, um, Oh, revisiting old video games. Uh, I've been uh, playing. I've been sick all week, so I've kind of had more time on my hands this week. Uh, Age of Empires three. Okay. Uh, a game I loved seventh eighth grade. Yeah. Rick Tabak on some uh, nerds back in the day. Love that. Um, unfortunately, it's been mastered by a lot of people, uh, and I've been out of the game for fifteen years. <laughs> so I, I did a multiplayer match. Uh-huh. Uh, it was like a four v four, and I like. Me and this other dude kind of led the charge, and things went well, and I I, I won. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm good at this still. Next game, I get obliterated, like in record time. And then I can't, I couldn't keep track of all my settlers. Is there? I really don't need you to go into too much detail here, but is there a quick way to explain how you get like quickly wrecked in a game like that? Like yeah. how are what are they better than you at? Okay, so similar to Civilization Six, you start off at a certain age. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's more fast forward. So you start off in the in Imperial Age. Um, or no, the colonial age, sorry. Okay. So it's like 15, 1600s, uh-huh. um, and you start off like a couple settlers, and you go, you, you have like three or four settlers, you assign them to like go chop wood for wood resources, okay. go mine these ores for coin, mm-hmm. um, and then gather meat, okay. hunter gatherer shit. And you have one explorer, you send him to go explore the map to open up and see where everything's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're different civilizations. So I, I usually play as the Ottomans. Yeah. And then there's like the Dutch, there's the French, there's the Spain, you know, all of those guys. Mm-hmm. There's like 20 of them. Uh, so basically how you get bamboozled quickly is when someone just, because you have a deck of cards that you can play. Um, and when you gather a certain amount of experience, you unlock um, the ability to unlock one of those cards. Okay. Um, you can only do it one at a time. And then it regenerates and you get another one. Mm-hmm. And you have different cards for each uh, age you're in. There's five ages. Is it somewhat randomized, or do they? Do you kind of know? You can build your own deck. Okay. Um, and however, it's and that's where the strategy comes in. How do you want to play? Do you want to be more of yeah. a financial person, so you can back other people, have the resources, and you can buy all okay. the military you want? The coin kind of is the backbone. Mm-hmm. Um, but meat gathering all the meat is how you actually advance the ages. Okay. So the quicker you gather meat, the quicker you can move on to the next age. So far, or so on and so forth. And I'm so I've I've been out of the game so long. I, it's it's hard for me to like keep track of. I keep I have this perk where I get extra settlers, mm-hmm. um, and they're like advanced settlers, so they kind of gather more quickly. But it's it's not turn based. It's all live, so you have to like make quick decisions, like every every second. Yeah. And I constantly keep losing track of my settlers, <laughs> and like I will have like twelve of these motherfuckers just yeah not allocated to anything and I can't find him mm. and in my top left corner is like hey missing seller okay here's this guy oh yeah I built a house with him I forgot. now I'm going to send him to go chop more wood okay and then there's four other who they just randomly stopped hurting their sheep yeah. 
So now I gotta find something for them to do. And then <laughs> find something for them to do. Then out of nowhere, a fucking army's marching towards me, and I yeah. don't see them, and they're burning down my walls. Oh my and God. before you know it, I gotta yeah. resign. I'm like, okay. I've only played three multiplayer matches, but it, but it's, I'm, I, I'm, I watched a couple YouTube videos, but also like to play Trial by Fire mm -hmm. and try to like find my own strategy. For sure, yeah. Um, so long-winded answer on a, a video game that's been around for a long time, but uh, it's been a lot of fun to kind of use, use my brain differently for video yeah. games. So I mean, it's it's similar to Civ, but it's like it's faster paced. Faster paced. Okay. Very, yeah, these are like forty yeah. to sixty minute matches. Okay, cool. Um, and it's and it's kind of remastered. It's just a beautiful, fun game mm -hmm. that. I miss playing. Um, haven't watched haven't watched a whole lot of uh, TV or movies this week, um, but podcast rec. Um, uh, take your shoes off, Rick Glassman. Been okay. having a yeah. really good time. Um, I, I started listening like three weeks ago, and I've he's the only guy I've ever gone back and actually listened to old ass episodes. I'm just fascinated how he edits and how uh -huh. uh, he has these like recurring little bits throughout. Um, okay. Hit us up, Rick. Yeah, my, he uh, he, did, he responded to my DMs. There uh, you go. So, there you go. Shout out. On our way. Shout out, RG. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we'll end on that. So next week we'll do Jaws. Yep, Jaws. Um, Upcoming. Bottom. Bottom. Bottom, 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 bottom. There you go. All right, it's, it's a preview. It's a preview for next week. All right, we'll send it off. Uh, take it easy. Yep, everybody have a good week or weekend or whatever. I don't know when this is going to come. Yeah, up. Probably Monday. Yeah. But take it easy. Yeah. Just take it sleazy. And don't forget, Ben Ben's, Ben knows what I'm going to say. Yeah. Titties. Nice. All right. Goodbye. Bye.